Welcome builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now, let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen. Hello, builders. We would love to welcome you to this episode of the Build Your Success Podcast. Hey, if you're new to the show, we welcome you to the show. Love to have you come back and listen again. So we just help you build yourself so you can build others. If you're a returning guest, thanks for coming back. It's great to have you as part of the team. What we're trying to do here is build yourself, build your company, build your team, whatever you're working on. And we do that through our coaching, training, and speaking, and also through our special guests that we have on the podcast here. And I'm excited today. I've got a special guest. I've got Lieutenant Colonel Oakland McCullough. Lieutenant Colonel Oakland McCullough is an author, public speaker, and a retired lieutenant colonel. He served 23 years as a combat arms officer in the United States Army, and he has over 40 years of leadership experience. He's an absolutely passionate about helping young men and women become the leaders they were meant to be and more productive citizens for this country. He never turns down a chance to speak with people about leadership and how to be successful in life. So welcome to the podcast today, Lieutenant Colonel Oakland McCullough. Thank you, Brian. I'm really excited to be here. Well, it is great to have you on, on the show today. And man, I appreciate the service to our country. That That's great. Thanks for that. Well, thank you. I, it, you know, I always tell people I enjoyed all 23 years of my time in the Army and, and uh, as an officer. And I I just appreciate everybody who appreciates those of us who served. Thank you. And, and I know you've got some great leadership points and stuff you've learned over your long career there. And we're going to talk about that today. So let's get started with this. Number one, we ask all of our guests, what does leadership and being a leader mean to Oakland McCullough? Yeah, so uh, to me, being a leader is, uh, it, first of all, it's selfless service. I, I believe that's the key to being a good leader. You know, it's not about you. Um, and, and in some ways, it's all about you. It's not about you in that we didn't make you the leader so that you get better, more privileges and higher pay and you get to live in a nicer house and drive a nicer car. All those things are nice. And a lot of times leaders get to do those because we pay leaders better. But that is not why we made you the leader. We made you the leader so that you could better take care of people that work for you and the people you work for. And that's really what it's all about, in my opinion. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I love the point that you make about it's Yes, you may get some of those extra privileges, but that is not what it's about. It's about helping lead others and, and develop others. You've, you've got some opportunities, stories here you wanted to share with us. One of them you talked about was taking care of others first. So I know you want to tell us an example of that. So, so tell us how you did that. Yeah. So in, in throughout my career, I, I've, I've had the opportunity to do that. And, and, and I think one of the things that is important, you know, coming through the army as a, as a lieutenant and a captain and up through the ranks, lots of times you'll have soldiers or, you know, if you're not in the army, workers who need to get extra training or go to a school or something to help further their career. And I've had buddies of mine who would say, you know, we were coming up on a big, important field operation or some evaluation. And they'd say, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I really need to send I need to send uh, this person to that school, but I got to put it off because we really need them here. And I was like, are you kidding me? You know, you you got to send people to 
better themselves. And it, even if that means that, you know, your organization for the day or two or the week that they're gone isn't quite as good as it could have been, in the long run, it's going to help your organization by helping to create them as a better leader, a better person. And, um, and, and so you've got to take care of the people who, who work for you. And if you take care of the people who work for you, then they will do anything and everything that you ask them to do. And I've, I've had personal experience with that. You know, most people don't have to, um, aren't, aren't going to get shot at or anything like that. But, you know, in my profession, that was the case. And if, if that soldier knew that you were taking care of them, that you had them number one in their mind, in your mind, then they would do anything that you asked them to do. And I, I experienced that throughout my career. Wow. That's wonderful. And I, and I heard in there that you got to make a sacrifice. So, so if you got a, a team and it doesn't matter if it's military or if it's business, we're talking about human beings here that needs training. You got to sacrifice the time and the commitment to, to make that happen. And so I appreciate that point that, Hey, not only does the individual have to do it, but sometimes the team has to sacrifice. That's right. And make it yeah. happen for the individual. And, and one of the things that, that, uh, you know, one of my favorite quotes is uh, by, by Vince Lombardi. And he says, you know, a team is not an organization that plays together and trains together. A team is an organization that trusts each other. And if you're not taking care of the people who work for you, then they don't have trust in you. And if there's no trust, then you're not going to have the team that you should have. You're not going to be able to build the team that you really want. That is a wonderful quote. I, I love that. I love tr trust is so important in anything we're doing in life and, and just really important in leadership. If you're going to lead others, they need to trust you. Number one, that's got to be the most important thing. Well, let's talk about something else here. You got an example of not being a micromanager. I know that's a, a struggle for a lot of people. They want to get their hands on things that they want to, you know, they've been good at whatever they've been doing. And so now they want to do it for others instead of lead others. So give us some examples of that. Yeah, I think, you know, anybody who's who's been in a leadership position or anybody who's worked for anybody else has been in this situation. You know, I, I tell people all the time, you know, I've had bosses who would say, Oak, I want you to do this. And as I'm starting to do it, they're looking over my shoulder and say, yeah, well, I wouldn't do it that way. I'd do it this way. And I don't think I'd do that. I, always, I just want to turn around and say, well, then do it yourself. You know, the, you gave this task to me, have some confidence in me that I'm going to do what I, what it is that you asked. And I always tell people, you know, when I give an assignment to somebody, uh, a task, I always tell them, I use what I call uh, uh, guideposts and um, objectives. So I give them the objective. What do, what do I want it to look like at the end? This is what I want it to look like. And then I say, okay, here's your guideposts, your left and right limits. This is how much money you can use. This is how many people you can use. This is how many, much time you have. All those resources. And then I say, if that's not enough, then come back to me and we'll make a determination on whether or not we want to keep doing it or not. But you've got, got what I want it to look like and you've got your limits. Go do it. Now, that doesn't mean I don't go check up on them once a week or so. You know, we have an in-progress review or whatever you want to call it, where I kind of make sure they're on track. But at the end, I don't care how they get there. I don't care if they do it the way I would have done it. I don't care uh, as long as it looks like what I wanted in the end. And, and I always tell people, if you do that, you'll be absolutely shocked. You'll be surprised at how, how, how smart your, your workers are 
and how productive they are, creative they are. They'll get the job done if you let them do it. The problem is with micromanaging is that the evil of micromanaging is that you don't only affect that person that you micromanaged, you affect everybody that that person that's going to work for that person for the rest of his career or her career, because you have cheated them out of an experience that they can no longer pass on to whoever works for them in the future. So you could be affecting your company for the next 10, 15, 20 years by micromanaging. Yeah. And you know, one thing that, that I had to learn early in, in my career is, as a leader is let them make the, some of the same mistakes I made. You know, you, you do want to have the guidepost and say, okay, we, we, we can't do these things and I don't want you to make this mistake I made, but there are some mistakes they need to make because it's a learning place. It's a, it's a place to learn. And, and you know, when children walk, they fall and they get up and we, we need teammates to be able to do the same thing to, to have those falling moments and learn how to get up on their own. Because it's so important that, you know, you're not always going to have someone supporting you. You're going to have to stand alone at times and you need to learn how to do that by, by practice and exercise. That's right. And I always tell people, you know, that that I that work for me have worked for me in the past. Look, I, I'm not going to micromanage you. I'm not going to tell you how to do everything. I'm going to let you make mistakes, but I won't let you fail. And, and I think that's the key. You know, you, you can let them make mistakes, but you, you got to draw the line where you say, OK, we're not failing. And I think one of the problems in, in, in this country today is that we've gotten away from, from saying what is true in the real world, that results matter. <laughs> you know, I, my children, as they were growing up, I can remember a couple of times that they were on a soccer team or a baseball team. And they said, well, we're not going to keep score because it doesn't matter who wins. And I said, yes, it does matter who wins. This is America. This is winning matters results matter. And as a leader, you can do all kinds of great things, but guess what? If in the end you, you're not successful, you don't do the things you're supposed to do, you don't get the results, it doesn't matter. You're not a good leader. We hope you're enjoying today's podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Build Consulting Services. Are you ready to reduce workplace conflict? reduce employee turnover, and increase your productivity? If you're ready to put Brian to work for your company, give him a call at 863-800-9658 or email him at brianb at buildcs.net. Now, back to today's episode. One hundred percent. And, you know, getting results is not always fun. It's not always a happy go lucky. And that's what I think people are after today is just let's just have fun. Let's just, But that results are not going to come from that. And that, that leads us into one of the things that you have here. Life is all about self-discipline and decisions. And I want to talk about that, but I do want to back up a moment because I want the guests to write down what I wrote down or the listeners to write down what I wrote down. You're going to let them make mistakes, but you're not going to let them fail. That is a gold nugget right there to, to understand. I got your back, basically what that means. I'm not going to let you fail, but I am going to let you make some mistakes. I, I love that about that. So now let's talk about Go ahead. On that, I, let, let me just hit that piece because I had a boss who retired a four-star general. So he was obviously way smarter than me, which isn't very hard, but I mean, he was way smarter than me. Um, and he used to tell me, Oak, you know, if you didn't make a mistake today, then you probably didn't do anything. 
And he didn't care if I made a mistake. And he'd say, look, if you make a mistake, we all make mistakes. So what I care about is what did you do after you made that mistake? Did you try to sweep it under the rug? You try to hide it? Did you blame somebody else? Or did you walk up to me and say, hey, boss, I messed up and here's how we're going to fix it. And as long as you do that, nobody cares because we're all going to make mistakes. Okay. It's just, that's the way it is. And, but what do you do after you make the mistake? That's what's really important. That is wonderful. And And I was trained by someone one time that said, you know, when your employees bring you a problem, ask them for a solution. You know, everybody can come and dump a problem in your lap. And walk out the door and say, hey, there's your problem, buddy. Take care of it. That's right. The true good leader says, okay, now what are we going to do to fix this? How? What are your ideas to to, to make a solution for this? And then they buy into it. If you use their ideas, then it's their solution. It's not your solution. That's great. So one of the things you said here was life is all about self-discipline and decisions. And so let's talk around. I want you to unpack that for the listeners and, and, and explain to them some of the situations where it's, it's about discipline and it's about decisions. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, growing up, my, my father, used to, who, who uh, was just a mean old man, but, uh, but he, I am who I am today because of him. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, growing up, he used to tell me, son, discipline yourself so other people don't have to. And I, and I kind of I grew up with that. And, and I believe that. And, um, and, and I pass that on to my, my children and I pass it on to as many people as I can. But, you know, you're not going to always be motivated. You know, it would be great if we were all motivated 100% of the time every day and we were all happy and it was all, everything was going smooth, but, but it doesn't work that way. That's not the real world. So on those days that you're not motivated and things aren't going the way you want, then you got to fall back onto discipline. And I mean, self-discipline, not discipline, because discipline, the difference between discipline and self-discipline Discipline, somebody standing over your shoulder telling you what to do, when to do it, how to do it. Anybody can can be disciplined. I mean, that's the, you know, basic training, what we do to basic trainees. Self-discipline, you don't care what, if anybody's ever going to check on it or if anybody's ever going to see it. You're going to do what you're supposed to do because it's the right thing to do. And it's because you're disciplined enough to do that. When you get to that point in your life, life becomes a lot simpler and a lot easier. Because as I always tell people, life is about decisions and consequences. Every decision you make in life has a consequence. Some of those consequences are good. Some of them are bad. You need to get to a point in your life where you are making decisions that give you good consequences. And until you get there, Life is rough. <laughs> when you, if you're still making decisions that are giving you bad consequences, your life is not as ap- as easy as it could be. And one of the ways that I always remember my my father kind of impressing that into my brain was he always used to say, "Son, every time you start to make a decision to do something, the first thing that you ought to think of: Would my mom? Would your mom want you to do that?" And if the answer is yes, then that's probably a pretty good decision. If the answer is no, then you probably need to think about that decision before you do it. <laughs> and I still use that. I don't use my mom anymore. I use my wife, you know. So, but but uh, but yeah, I still go through those thought processes. That sounds like those guideposts you were you were alluding to earlier. 
And with his self-discipline, as you establish those guideposts and, and the self-discipline, it sounds to me like it's becoming character. Absolutely it is. And and I think that, you know, no, nobody wakes up one day and, and, you know, and is a leader and self-disciplined and all those kinds of things. It's a journey. I mean, it's it's tough. It's, you know, I always tell people being a leader, the, the, the ideas that you have to do are not tough. I mean, it's not rocket science. I mean, the things that you got to do as a leader, pretty su- straightforward and simple. The hard part is actually doing them, being self-disciplined, being um, making good decisions. Um taking care of other people, not making it about yourself, those things, that's hard sometimes. And, and so you've got to, to be a good leader. What I tell, when I go around and talk to people all the time, I, I say, look, everybody started right where, you know, started. And I talked to a lot of high school and college students. I say, they, a good, all good leaders started right exactly where you are. It just takes practice and it takes a lot of experience. And the way to do get that experience is to, Never turn down a leadership position. That's the way to get it. it. And then every time you're in a leadership position, you're going to gain a little more experience. You're going to get a little bit more practice and you'll develop those skills that uh, you need to be a good leader. Yes, sir. Yeah. And when I speak to groups, you know, I always tell them a lot of these ideas are very simple. You've, you've heard them before. Your, your mom or your grandma probably told you that you should do this. However, the commitment is the hard part. The actual signing up and saying, okay, I know I should be doing this, but am I doing it? And I think that's where the the rubber meets the road and these consequences you're talking about happen. That's right. Absolutely. And and that, that's the hard part is actually doing the things that you know you should be doing if you're if you're a good leader. Um, and, you know, and, and we all make mistakes again, you know, so even good leaders make mistakes on occasion, but they, they then they they get back into into it by falling back on that self-discipline and those good decisions and all those kinds of things that we're talking about. Yeah. And, you know, you said it earlier, but, but you, when you st- get on this tracking and commit to it, but a leader, you know, needs to be disciplined enough to realize it's not, you haven't arrived. I'm not here. You never arrive at this desk. It's, it's a journey and you got to continue to, to commit to it every day, get up. Hey, and if you made a mistake yesterday and, and you didn't show yourself as a leader, that just improve, you know what you got to do, change it, be authentic, let people know, Hey, I'm sorry, apologize for it, but, but step back into being a leader and showing people how to do things. Absolutely. It, it is a journey. I mean, it, it, it is not a destination. You know, you never get there. <laughs> I don't care how good a leader you are. And I've had the uh, pleasure of working for some pretty great leaders in my opinion, but I don't care how great you are as a leader. You can always do better. We can all, learn something. And, you know, and, and people ask me a lot of times I've been asked since I, since I published the book, um, I had a lot of people who asked me, so what, who did you write the book for? And I said, well, really, I wrote it for two groups of people, young, young men, men and women who are either aspiring leaders. So in high school or college or, or junior leaders in companies like your company, you know, some junior leader, like my son, who's a junior leader in a, in a company, um, I wrote it for them so they understand what is required to be a good leader, and then they can start practice, practicing it and start doing those things. And, but I also wrote it for old people like me, you know, and, and the cadets that I work with here at, at uh, the university I work at, they would tell you I'm 120 years old, um, and, and I'm probably pretty close to that. But, um, 
but I also wrote it for guys and gals like me who have 20, 30, 40 years of leadership experience, not because they're going to learn anything, because I don't believe that. And, um, you know, if you read the book, I'm sure there's nothing in there that you don't already know. But the thing that it might do is you might say, you know what? I'm not doing that as well as I should do it. And maybe I need to put a little bit more effort into that and and uh, and remind myself that as a leader, I need to do better at that. That's really and again, it goes back to this is still a journey. It's not, not a destination. You're never going to get there where you're always where you're the where you can't learn something new or improve on your leadership ability. Exactly. That that's great. Speaking of the book, the book is called Your Leadership Legacy: Becoming the Leader You Were Meant to Be. And so, tell us a little bit more about how you you, know, you already told us who you wrote the book for, but what can someone gain from reading this book? Yeah, so I wrote the book because I was going around uh, my last duty assignment on active duty. I was a professor of military science at the University of South Alabama in Mobile. And I went around talking to high school students and college students, athletes and business majors and other people on campus. And I would say, what do you want to do in life? And, and a lot of them would tell me, well, I want to be a leader. And I said, OK, well, what does that mean? And I get that deer in the headlights look. You know, they had no idea. They wanted to be a leader, but they didn't know what that meant and what it took to be one. So I came up with a presentation, um, uh, about an hour long presentation on what it takes to be a good leader. And uh, and then I just turned that into a book here um, in February. I started writing it last year on the 16th of February, and I published it on the 12th of February this year. So almost exactly a year to write and publish the book. But in it, there's 10 chapters. Nine of them are things that you need to do as a leader uh, to be a good leader. And uh and then one one chapter, which is the last chapter, which is just the the, uh, the conclusion and some some concluding thoughts. But you know, I, I I take a little bit of time to define leadership. I talk about uh, making changes, making decisions, uh, communication, how important communication is as a leader, um, and and just go through nine things that aren't theory. I don't talk about theory. You know, you can read books about theory if you want, and, and I've certainly read plenty of them, and that's important, but that's not what this book is about. This book is about everyday things that every single person can do to improve their leadership skills. Wow, that's great. And so I'm going to put up the uh, here on the video side, we're going to put up the website. You can find that. And for those that are listening to the podcast, you can find it in the show notes, but it's LT or Lieutenant Colonel LTC oakmacola.com. And we'll put that in the show notes. It's also here for those that are watching on YouTube. You can see it there. But so also where else can the listeners get in contact with you? Yeah. So if, if you go onto that website, um, there is a contact page. So you can send me an email. You can uh, uh, call me. Um, and and if so, like if you want me to come talk at, a, at an event that you have, we can do that. Uh, you can buy the book on that website, but that website has my a contact page and you can subscribe to it so that uh, I haven't done it yet. I've only been up for about a month now, a little more than a month, but I, I'm, I'm going to start sending out a, a blog. I'm going to send out some uh, newsletters, you know, at every quarter or whatever. And so if you sign up, then you'll get a 
get the first look at those things and before I get them on the website. Uh, but that, but the website is where you can contact me. That's great. They can also find you on LinkedIn as well. That's where we connected, right? I'm on LinkedIn. I am on Facebook. I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Um, so I, you can find me on all those, those uh, places um, and would love to connect with you if that's what you want to do. That sounds great. And again, for the listeners, we'll have that in the show notes. Listen, do me a favor, wherever you're listening to this, on whatever platform that is, give us an honest rating and review. Share this podcast with others. I'm sure Lieutenant Colonel Oakland McCulloch has helped you today, and I know he can help your friends and family. So share this podcast with others. Also, want to make you aware we are having an event, a, a local event here in Lakeland, Florida. It's called Hear and Be Heard. So listening is one of the most important skills that a leader needs to learn. And so we're going to invite you to that. It's limited seating. We are doing some social distancing at the event, with it being a live event. But you can find out more about that at our website, buildcs.net. And that's the events page. You can find out about the Hear and Be Heard interactive workshop. It's a communication workshop. You're going to learn how to be a better listener. So check that out. Also, keep listening to the podcast and subscribe. If you're on YouTube, give us a like and, and have some comments what you thought about us. All right. Thanks for your time today. Remember to build yourself and then build others. Thank you, Brian. Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others.